everyone just wanted to hop in before the episode with a quick content warning um we are going to be mentioning police brutality and violence against trans people as well as a couple mentions of suicidal ideation um so if that's something triggering and you want to give this one a skip all good otherwise come join us for our really awesome conversation Welcome back, everybody. Um, you might hear a little bit of banging around from Kelsey's audio because there's construction going on, uh, but we're just going to power through. So welcome to Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns. Um, I'm here with Kelsey. I also use she, they pronouns. Hello again. Awesome. And we are also here with a very exciting guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. My name is Adebayo Chris Katiti, and my pronouns are he, him, they, them, Mwami Sebo, Black trans man from Uganda, born and raised in Uganda, migrated to Canada um, 2016, August. Um, yeah, I came here for swimming competitions, and I wasn't able to go back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you still swim, just out of curiosity? Uh, yes, but non-competitively. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And about how long ago was that? Uh, this was five years ago, August 2016. Okay, cool. Cool. And would you kind of want to give a little insight into all that about um, your, you know, you're coming to Canada and you're staying here, that decision and how kind of all of that went down? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I came to uh, Canada August 2016. However, before I came uh, in Uganda, I was Mr. Gay Pride Uganda. That was in 2015. So in 2016, I had to give up my crown to a new Mr. Gay Pride. And uh, we organized the Pride event and uh, the police raided the Pride event. Uh, That was in the capital city of Uganda. And uh, many activists were arrested. Uh, Trans women were uh, beaten up. You could see authorities and police uh, literally uh, aggressively, forcefully arresting trans women, pulling their pulling their hair out of their head, and um, uh, during that time when they came in to raid the event, I was on the runway because that was the time I had to give up my crown to the new Mr. Gay Pride. But um, uh, they forcefully arrested us, uh, uh, put us on the police truck. It was a small truck, but they made like 30 of us fit in in their truck. So like many people got injuries. So in the police cell, we were, um, our phones were taken away by that time. Like, I, I guess still in Uganda, if, if, you, if someone knew that you were trans or you were gay and they did not report to the police, 
they will be also charged maybe oh, wow. yeah it was like maybe a year in jail or two now if also your family knew that you were gay uh because that was still the anti-homosexual act the bill that almost took my life we we saw lots of my friends like literally we are attacked some of them lost their lives during that, that time um so the police in the police cell what they did to us was unspeakable where undressed they were personal i was undressed to check if i was a man or a woman i was like attacked abused in the in the police in the police cell and um but after that uh yes yeah, so we were released on bail and then um but right after because we spent about 16 hours in jail and then we are released uh but the police were like oh we are promoting homosexuality we were recruiting uh young ones into the lesbian acts and gay acts uh but literally the event was not that it was a pride event and we're literally celebrating uh who we were um yeah so uh then i had to travel to come to canada for the swimming competitions after i think after two days after jail so from there i couldn't even go back home because <laughs> i was all over news um local news back home so i i went in in a safe housing for those two days i I came here with only, I think, my swimsuit that I had that night, because that that was the night that I was doing the. We did our practice, our swimming practice, and we just went straight to the event. Um, and I also had my uh, outfit that I had that day, and I think a pair of shorts, and that is what I traveled with wow. to come to Canada. Yeah, so from there we came here we did the swimming i did one like nine gold medals and one silver yeah wow. i was in it well done <laughs> yeah so um yeah and then i at some point i think closer to the end of the competitions i received messages from my sister they had a family meeting and they like kicked me out they're like oh i'm i'm a distress i'm evil um not like part no longer part of their family they said like it, it was i i didn't know what to do next after that had and you also, been out at that point to them like had you been out them? beforehand or were you outed by the arrest i was out okay. i wasn't like <laughs> i wasn't out at all but i was living my life because i played soccer on the national team mm. and uh by then me personally still kind of living in the society uh the society norms of what i was categorized into female mm. i was literally living that hiding right so even the games even on the national team i played on the female national team okay and yeah, so, and and like, you know, people knew this, the country knew about us, right? They, they could see you walk and say, oh, no, don't worry about that one. That one is a soccer player, right? That one plays on the national team. So like, 
you get away with this, but some sometimes mm. people attack you right but about the people attack you and you have to fight back right it's, uh so i wasn't out like with to my family i was out to my friends mm. yeah and i also used to work for different lgbt organizations and doing some outreach work so then they knew about my uh gender orientation and sexual orientation okay yeah 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 so i came here and i swam but uh, i received those messages from my sister like uh, literally threatening me i i have them i have them just for you know storytelling and to to share my journey with people um i i have them so they the way they read, you know, also Christianity, da 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 da. Um, um, uh, they were like, oh, I, the European culture, like, I've been recruited by Canadians to be gay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it, it was crazy. Yeah, and that God doesn't, God doesn't want that. You should stop. Uh, come back to God, I was like, hey, <laughs> I don't even know what to tell them. But, you know, by that time when I received them, like, I really didn't know. I'm smiling now because I look back on the journey and how Creator has been there for me for this long. Um, yeah, so I, I had to sleep from people's coaches to coaches for about two years before I was able to be independent. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Canadian Edmontonians really host me and show me love, uh, help me out. Even filing my refugee status, right? They were there. They were supporting me all the way. And that's, I will live with that for my entire life and just continue giving back. And this was a lot of the queer community and there is one church community as well, which did also help me. I was hesitant about church, but <laughs> it was a little bit different. So, um, and yeah, so that's how I came to Canada. So I, I when my family disowned me and police in Uganda were looking for me, uh, wanted, there was wanted, posters of wanted, like we're out in wow. different local newspapers, yeah. Oh, they wanted me. I was promoting homosexuality. They said I was recruiting young girls. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't go back home. So I had to stay in, in this country where I didn't know nobody, mm-hmm. where I didn't have no relative. And, you know, I had to start new. But back home, literally, it wasn't enough for them. But they burnt everything, everything that belonged to me was destroyed and burned. Wow. And that was my mother who did that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I came here. And uh, <laughs> long story, but I'm still here. Yeah. No, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. That's, yeah, wow. So this, like, Mr. Like Gay Pride Uganda, that was all kind of, those events were, like, illegally held? Like... Illegal. Okay. Illegal. So it's like on the DL. 
we we hide like but someone that snitch literally reported us to the authority mm. because mm. before that day we had our an, another undercover event right we had before the pageant we had like three undercover events we do organize like undercover event where they don't know right mm. but that event is someone snitched and out a dozen we just had police storm the entire event wow yeah wow it's it's really reminiscent of some of the stories we've heard from canada but you know they were a lot of them the big arrests like that were back in the 80s you know um yeah yeah it's kind of wild to hear our history being mimicked like that so modernly that's yeah yeah yeah, so what's um, what was it kind of like, you know, being in Canada and kind of being out, like kind of once you had the refugee status settled and everything, like you've, I mean, you've done some really amazing like work and outreach, so. Um, a good question. I, I always, cause I, I'm, I'm constantly in contact with my people back home and refugees in camps. And the amount of privilege I have, um, like, I'm like, it, it's, I, 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 I sometimes feel like it is so heavy for me to carry when my community back home is still struggling. Um, I was, I'm grateful the fact that I get to be here the fact that I get to live my life like authentically, I get to 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 have my transitioning, I get to to do what I want. I, I get to live, I get to walk on the street, I get to speak and introduce myself as a black transgender person. Like that is how much a, a privilege that I have that some people back home cannot. Like, even if you're trans or you identify as lesbian, why are you gonna who are you gonna tell that you're lesbian? You get what I'm saying? So you there is no way, there is no platform. So having that platform and the space for me to identify as myself, to walk this journey in my truth, it is something I don't take for granted. Now, that is something that Canada has provided in, in terms of protection, in terms of the fact that I can be myself, I can work, I can identify, I can even tell my job that, hey, don't call me by that name, call me by this name, like respect my pronouns. That's huge, that's huge. And I think some people like take it for granted, but we have mm -hmm. people back home, when I look back home, like can't, they can't, they're still in hiding. They can't even come out as transgender. They can't even say I'm gay, you get what I'm saying? For the fear of their mm -hmm. lives, some are still in closet. So uh, it has been amazing and it has also fueled my advocacy that I wanna do more. I want to help my community back home. Once in a while, I do support them. I do fundraisers, especially trans folks in camps. I do send some financial aid there for basic needs, just small, small thing like food and $100 can do a lot back home. It's a lot of money back home. 
So the smallest that I can do here, I, I send it back home. And fueled the organization that I'm running Radical now. It, it, it is fueled to, I found I found Radical now to cover up the gaps that I personally saw in the system. Despite mm -hmm. me having a lot of queer folks supporting me, I still almost lost my life. By that time, I was still suicidal. I didn't know, I was like, how can my family really disown me at 20 years, 21 years old? How can that happen? Who am I? Like, I don't, I'm not wanted, I'm not needed. Like I still, my thoughts, I was still fighting with my thoughts and trying to find me, right? But I couldn't see me where I am today. I couldn't see that I could be here. Right, I, I, I could always look at this entire family that I've been with, my entire friends that I, I can no longer now access. Like at, at that time, I, I never expected my family to be like, you're no longer part of us. You're this own, mm -hmm. I, at 21, I'm like, who are you now leaving me like to be with, you get what I'm saying? Um, so I, I never imagined that I even come thy far that I'm here yeah yeah I mean I knew from your story that you were young when it happened I didn't realize you were 21 that's so young yeah yeah wow yeah I really like wow I didn't know what to do however through my uh uh my advocates and I think resilient and the, the fact that I, I was constantly communicating with people back home, it made me realize how privileged I am. Like I should, I should stand, I should stand up. I should stand mm -hmm. up and do this work and see if I can liberate some of my people. And we've done some work. We've done some work of some of them actually coming here. Yeah, but it's all like internal work, some of it. It's just some of this work when you do it, you 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 wanna do more. Like sometimes I, I don't feel like I, I deserve to take the credit or to to get like seen, especially because the work is ongoing. Today there is this happening, tomorrow this is happening. Like what is there to celebrate when my community is constantly and attack constantly marginalized, even here in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of given all of that, like the advocacy and using privilege and all these things, like what is, I guess, what does pride mean to you then? <laughs> Good question. I've been asked this question like so many times. But um, first of all, to me, pride is, 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 is me, right? Pride is within me. The fact that I get to live in the world that deemed me unworthy of life, that deemed black trans people unworthy of life, the fact that trans people have the highest, the highest age that they can live is 35. Me living my life authentically and, 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 and waking up every day 
to identify as who I identify as, to do the work I do. That is my pride. That is my pride, the pride of living, the pride of doing this work, the, the pride of existing radically, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Mm. You, you, you can't, I can't be a risk, right? So they will always expect my resistance. That is my pride. It is personal. It is very personal. And the fact that I get to communicate, work with communities that are highly marginalized, when it comes to pride, it is not a one day, a one day or one weekend event. It is uh, every day of the year and after and after and after, right? That is my pride. And uh, it really means my entire existence, my entire work, yeah. That's such an incredible answer. <laughs> That's, yeah, because I absolutely believe pride is year round. You can't, you know, just give us a parade in June and then be like, okay, you're done now. You go, can go be quiet. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge that I have, especially when we are highly uh, racialized, like carded all the time, racially profiled, arrested by cops when we call them for help. Um, yeah, there's some systems that can't even that should never even come and be in pride, much in pride. Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Solid agree. <laughs> and it's so powerful to have like, cause like we, you know, I think everybody kind of says that, but like to have such a tangible, powerful experience that was so recent and really just formed who you are and that you can share with everybody like to kind of be like hey so when we say no cops at pride it's not just for fun like there's real reasons there's real people that are getting impacted by these decisions and I have goosebumps <laughs> I could listen to forever thank you thank you and that's the challenge like what happened uh, in 2018 when we stopped the pride here mm. um didn't want police and military too much in pride, but you know, we had uh, back crashes, but these were all people who really uh, weren't experiencing what we were experiencing, right? And, and mm -hmm. me respecting the fact that everyone has their opinion, however, understanding that pride is not uh, a capitalist place that you're gonna have different institutions come and wave pride flags and then go back and then start discriminating and mistreating our people. Uh, mm -hmm. These The systems that have been built to oppress my communities, especially police institution, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they have to do the work before they even show up in my place. Mm -hmm. The fact that they, have, they were invited before, right? that itself is uh it should be enough for them they tested a little bit of it so they should now go <laughs> do the work right and and it's hard that we have uh, black trans people who call police to for help but then they are they end up in cancellation like when they are the people have called cops for help today yeah mm -hmm. I've personally, someone has, has called cops on me because I was trying to get inside my car, locked my car keys inside. 
the police came and arrested me and threatened to to <laughs> to like you know cause harm on me like it was mm-hmm. all captured on video right and um uh, this is an institution that many of course feel safe right people feel safe around them and I don't want to take that away from them because it was designed to make them specifically feel safe, but not mm-hmm. their own, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my own, that institution was built for us to, to oppress those who look like me, and it is still rooted in its foundation, in its own work, in its own systems, and how everything is being run. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you look at the history of policing, like in Canada, the RCMP was a tool for expansion um, and suppressing the Indigenous people. You look in the States, in the South, they were to catch escaped enslaved people. In the North, it was to oppress unions. Like, it's <laughs> it's not a legacy to be proud of. Yeah, and it's still the same thing, right? It's just mm-hmm. perhaps, because we, I, I do believe and see that we still live in slavery. It may be it is mm-hmm. a different chapter we are now living in, but our communities are still enslaved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So given all of that, and you've talked about using privilege to help people, what would you like to see you know, white allies do? Um, good, good question. Uh, first of all, I would like them to acknowledge the fact that they're in this world, navigating this world as racialized people and white people, there is always an imbalance of power. Mm -hmm. When it comes to white folks and black folks or racialized folks, the imbalance of power will always exist in all spaces because this is how it is. Unless the systems are dismantled, and the land is taken back to the chiefs and the chiefs take the lead, right? Then uh, we can try to address that. But um, uh, the other thing, them recognizing that and also understanding that uh, the world ain't treating us the same, right? I'll apply for a job, I won't get it. But then a white person will apply for it and get it. Uh, mm-hmm. We have tried this where we've had one of our own apply a job in a white name and they get the job. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. what I, we thought you are not, it's like, oh yeah, we knew <laughs> I applied for so many times. You get what I'm saying? So Yeah, that's a study that's been done repeatedly, yeah. right? They take kind of names that people associate with different ethnicities and look at the responses that they get, right? Just identical resumes the only thing is you know last names like Wu and Vasquez and Washington and yeah it's yeah the science backs you up a hundred percent my friend right (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh also uh always uh uh creating platforms for, for for racialized folks to tell stories right to speak up and um, the other thing is, I'll say money, 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 mm. money, money. Yes, um, it is important for communities to really, really find 
these racialized initiatives to fund joy and happiness. We have the past years, this is why I'm also talking about the slavery. For the past years, institutions that fund our organization fund trauma. I'm on record. They don't want to fund joy. They don't want to fund happiness. They don't want mm -hmm. to fund resilience. So we want them to fund joy, to fund happiness, because this is how our communities are going to heal. This is how our communities are going to get out of their darkest holes, darkest places to come in light. Where there is joy, there is light. Where there is trauma, there is darkness. And this is where they are continuously finding of us to literally stay in this state, right? Continuously as they, as they profit from that. So it is important for that and also supporting and creating platforms for our own communities. It is important that uh, white allies, you know, uh, share the resources they have with communities that don't can jump on when incidents are happening, right? I personally sometimes in different office use white bodies because I can't go there or I can go there, but my white body will be the face because the interaction will be good or I'll get what I want, right? Instead of me going and be like, da, 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 I'm this, I'm this, I have a volunteer. I'm like, hey, I need you to, you should do that here. You get what I'm saying? And I, oh, we do the same thing with our executive director, Terry, who is our cis straight man. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. We use him to open doors. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so yeah, th that's some of the things I can say uh, they can do. Uh, yeah, but also mm -hmm. understanding that uh, uh, sometimes when you're being called out, I've, I've had this back and forth with white folks, I think it's the fragile that they have, mm -hmm. but uh, that's something I think uh, they need to work on because uh, understanding the power dynamics that exist in societies that we live in, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to be white, but just recognizing that there are power dynamics, the institutions have been built to support your kind, have been built to, to uplift and fund your kind while uh, discriminating or oppressing this other kind. So there is, race is always in play. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, and so you've done a lot of that work with Rarica. Would you kind of like to tell a little people, of, tell a little bit to people about your, your creation? Um, yeah, I, I, so I don't always talk about it, but yeah, <laughs> Radica now supports newcomers and refugees in Canada. So we do uh, connect them to services that they need, especially if we don't have the, the services. We are a grassroots-led organization, which means sometimes people think we should be at a different level with other institutions that have existed, white friend, like, but no. We are just uh, a, a, a black translate racialized folks who are trying to, 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 to help our community. 
and, and, and despite even us being in the same, uh, the same circle of, you know, being racially profiled and oppressed, we stand up and build from there. And we don't want people to expect us to be at a certain level or to, to, to actually, um, um, how do you say, judge us or put us at the same scale with other organizations, especially Westlake organizations. No, 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 no. We are moving at our own pace, especially the fact that the community that is doing this work is also oppressed, is also racially profiled. We just pick up the pieces mm -hmm. and get back up. So mm -hmm. um, that and um, uh, we've also uh, campaigned in terms of deportations, uh, influence advocated. We are working with different different members are current right now. Um, some of Black trans folks provided support in housing, uh, food, uh, bus tickets. Uh, and also help them in navigating their settlement process, asylum pro process. We have created a documentary called The Long Road to Peace, where we interviewed half a dozen of twice LGBTQ refugees and newcomers who shared their stories and experiences uh, to the entire battle. Uh, yeah, and that was amazing. Um, we've also like, uh, organized initiative. We have different projects coming up like Stonewall Awards and Conversion. That is another initiative that is, you know, is growing slowly by slowly. We have another project coming up of anatomical body charts where we want to distribute the anatomical trans non-binary intersex body charts to all hospitals, healthcare providers. They're gonna have to put them up. Yeah. So um, uh, to address the stigma and the misrepresentation of our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess much more, but that's like a bit of what I can like talk about right now. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, yeah, we will um, tag Rerica in our episode description if you want to you know take a little a look at what they do um, because it's absolutely incredible work um is there anything that you wanted to talk about today that we kind of didn't get around to that you wanted to make sure you got to say um no 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 not really maybe i can tell people that um uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, always find there is always another way. If like the door is closed, there is always another door which is widely open for you, but you either choose to stay and knocking on that door that has been closed forever, or you turn around and find the open door. Right. Yeah. And I'm saying that because I have being canceled so many times to speaking events, to events that are, and, and thinking they can, but you know, I have shared my message a different way in music. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so people are gonna get it. They're gonna get my message they will, and they're gonna stay forever, right? So uh, that is another door, it's an example I'm giving. Like when they cancel me here, oh, there's a beautiful door and more joyful that has opened, right? So I'll take it. 
And that's, I think, something I want to leave to everyone and learn from other people's mistakes because you can't make them all, right? You, you make your mistakes, but mm -hmm. you can't make all the mistakes and you can't learn from all your so learning from other folks who have made these mistakes and um, learning from their mistakes so that you can do better the next day is uh, fundamental to the growth of yours and the growth of the entire community. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. That's anybody who cancels your speaking engagements, like that's their loss. You're, you're a fabulous speaker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, oh. I only have one question um, because I would, really hope that our listeners are going to put their money where their allyship is. So does Rurica now take donations? And if you do, amazing, how do we donate? And if you have any other organizations that you think could use the support of the St. Albert community, because um, we do have quite a few people that consider mm -hmm. themselves allies that listen to this podcast. And I like to call people in a little bit. So where can we donate? Um, yes, so we have our GoFundMe up, uh, so folks can donate via our GoFundMe or send us transfer, we receive a transfer at radicanow at gmail.com, R-A-R-I-C-A-N-O-W at gmail.com. We also receive non-perishable foods and donations of bus tickets. So if they can donate, even if it is bus tickets, they can donate those, you know, even if it is five or 10, like they like make a difference. So if they don't wanna donate financially, cool. They can buy us the food, they can buy us their, their bus tickets um, and, and support our community like that. Or even fund some of our, uh, our marketing uh, uh, strategies, right? Uh, we are really cool with that yeah amazing that is so good to know and if anybody listening is in the st albert area and is like that's a bit of a drive drop it off it out loud and we will drive it down for you because like that yeah we need to we need to kind of circle around each other and yeah i would really hope that our community out here in st albert is ready to circle around you know your community and <laughs> we can show use our privilege for good for once you think i know someone in st albert my friend called uh, Kate. She's a, a a beautiful young trans woman. Oh, amazing! That's amazing. Yeah, we. That's well. Shout <laughs> out. She's to Latin. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Come visit us at Out Loud anytime, please. We would love to meet you. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we should wrap up with a little bit of queer joy. Um, so anyway, I don't know if I told Raquel about this, <laughs> but it's basically just anything that's brought you joy the past week. Uh, it could be an interaction, a piece of media, anything like that. Um, Kelsey, do you want to go and give us an example? Going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Um, what's my queer joy? Uh, I, I'm really bad for using this every time we have a fun guest, but this conversation is my queer joy. It just really kind of grounded me in like what I need to do to 
kind of continue with my journey of allyship and like I truly could listen to you for hours so like this will not be the last you hear listeners I'm sure um of this lovely human being because we are just like conversations like this really inspire us and remind us Mm -hmm. why we do the work so thank you so much and I am my heart is (laughs) thank you thank you Um, do you want to you can or I can up to you (laughs) okay (laughs) all right all right what brings me joy um what has brought me joy this past week yesterday i just released my ep extended prayer five songs that's amazing yeah and so radical yo and some of the ugandan um news articles are picking it up and stating black trans uh person so that that is um, that is something that gives me joy whenever i read an article like that it, it just gives me joy it's like okay change is just around the corner so yeah and also being here and supporting my community feeds me with joy mm-hmm. yeah you'll have to send us a link to that ep so i can put it in the episode description and so i can listen to it because oh, i need yeah. some good new radical music in my life <laughs> of course of course yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, I'm going to pull a bit of a Kelsey and say this was also my joy today. It's been a bit of a long week, and now it's Friday, and we got to have an absolutely wonderful conversation. Um, so that was really a beautiful way to kind of tie a bow on this week. Now I get to spend the weekend with my dog and not have to do anything. It's very exciting. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us and for sharing your story and your time with us. Uh, Thank you to everybody for listening. Um, We appreciate absolutely all of you. Uh, So be kind to yourself and others, and we will see you next week. Bye.